Hi everyone, and welcome to Utility Safety In-Depth, where we take a deeper dive into topics recently covered in Incident Prevention Magazine. I'm Kate Wade, the editor of Incident Prevention and your host for this podcast. In this episode, we sit down with Ty Fenton, who co-authored an article with Chuck Kevwich for the June-July 2021 issue of Incident Prevention about building an ATV and UTV training program for contractors and utilities. Ty is the general manager of Colorado-based Safety One Training, the nation's leader in backcountry vehicle operation and fall protection training. Welcome, Ty. Hi, Kate. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for being here. So before we dive right into talking about all-terrain vehicles and utility task vehicles, can you briefly share Safety One's mission and vision with me and our listeners? Yeah, you know, uh, we aspire to be the world's leading vehicle and operations and fall protection, safety and rescue provider. And we do that by providing uh, training specifically tailored to professionals who work in hazardous environments. So they're equipped with the skills, the techniques, the knowledge and the products they need to stay safe and productive. You know, we've been providing uh, training in the utility transport world for over 30 years now. And it was, is Art Seeley still working for the company, just out of curiosity? Yeah, you know, he actually retired uh, four or five years ago, but right, we did start with Art Seeley um, back in the late 80s, actually. Yeah, Yeah, he was my first introduction to Safety One um, back when I started with the company in, gosh, 2008. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, Art is a wealth of knowledge, and he shared uh, a lot of experience with us here, and he's a great guy, and he's out there, from what I know, uh, hanging out and playing with boats and scuba diving and flying airplanes and all kinds of fun stuff. So. Oh, that sounds awesome. I know. <laughs> Um, so for those people who might not be intimately familiar with ATVs and UTVs, can you describe the basic differences between the two types of machines? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so both vehicles are four-wheeled and intended to be off-road machines. They operate on low-pressure tires. Uh, ATVs, quads, or four-wheelers have been on the market since the mid-1980s. Uh, they have a seating arrangement that's very similar to a motorcycle and uh, generally accommodate a single rider, although there are a couple of exceptions that are equipped for two passengers. They're uh, controlled with handlebars, similar to a bicycle or a motorcycle, and hand controls. They also require a lot more uh, body English, if you will, or riding technique to control them uh, safely and effectively. UTVs or utility task vehicles, side-by-sides as they're sometimes known, on the other hand, those are four-wheeled or six-wheeled machines, and they typically have capacity for uh, two to six people, depending on the configuration. As a requirement, they'll be equipped with a seatbelt for each passenger as well. UTVs are controlled uh, more along the lines of how you would drive a traditional vehicle with a steering wheel and then foot controls for the throttle and the brake. You know, all modern uh, UTVs will have some sort of rollover protection system, and it should be a certified ROPS system. Some of the import uh, manufacturers out there may or may not actually have a certified roll cage, but uh, the reputable manufacturers most certainly will. Are there any three-wheeled ATVs? Or is that anything that you guys train on or that's available out there? Three-wheelers do exist. Uh, we don't see them in the utility market. We see them occasionally in uh, farming, ranching, and then recreational use. They were uh, actually outlawed for manufacture back in the mid 1980s, I believe, because of so many rollovers and so many fatalities, they're inherently unstable with a large front wheel. They tend to roll over and tip, which is not a good attribute for a, yeah, right. a transport vehicle. Um, so in the article that you co-wrote with Chuck, you state that there are typically three broad categories that need to be addressed before ATVs and UTVs can be used on a job site. 
So there's when to use the machines, operator training requirements, and then machine capabilities and limitations. And I want to dig a bit deeper into those three categories. So to begin, can you tell me when a utility or a contractor would want to choose an ATV or a UTV as opposed to a truck or other vehicle? And then if somebody has the option of using like one or the other ATVs or UTVs, is one generally more practical than the other for the type of work that utilities and contractors perform? Definitely. Yeah, um, modern UTVs and ATVs are exceptionally capable machines. And due to their relatively small size and lightweight, they can generally outperform and outmaneuver uh, full-size counterparts like a full-size pickup truck or even a smaller mid-size pickup truck. They have most oftentimes all-wheel drive, and so they can climb hills steeper and uh, more rugged than what a typical vehicle would be able to. Because of their small size and footprint, they're really very good at navigating narrow trails or heavily wooded areas. Also, they're lightweight, so they don't damage the terrain. Uh, they're very soft and sensitive to, or very soft and respectful for sensitive terrain, like uh, river crossings, stream crossings, and then even in some of the alpine tundra that uh, we experience here in Colorado. And obviously, depending on the configuration, the visibility can be much better, better, and that oftentimes will dictate whether folks employ an ATV or a UTV. ATVs, as we talked a little bit about earlier, uh, do not come equipped with a roll cage or any sort of overhead protection. So the view from above is fantastic. It's very similar to riding in a convertible car. You know, there's nothing to obstruct your view from above. So if you're cruising along and uh, expected to be conducting an inspection of some sort, that's an awesome choice to use. Um, the one limitation being it's you're the only person out there, unless there's another person on another vehicle, you're flying solo. And so that can be challenging to navigate the train and effectively uh, conduct an inspection as well. And so for that case, uh, folks may choose to employ a UTV. And although it has an overhead obstruction with a roll cage, the view is still pretty wide open. So one person can do the driving, the other person can do an inspection. You know, uh, these machines are also very customizable with uh, winches and tracks and even power takeoff devices. So people can employ different implements like a plow or a winch or a grater. You know, it pretty much the sky's the limit on that front. Very good. Uh, so let's shift gears a little and talk about operator training for a minute. In your opinion, what does an ideal training program for ATV and UTV operators include? Are there any OSHA standards or other regulations that need to be specifically addressed during training? Sure. With all of our training programs, we focus very heavily on a hands-on component. We believe strongly that folks learn best by getting their hands on, playing with the equipment, and getting a fundamental understanding of how things operate. But before we get there, we like to spend time in a classroom where we can really dig into the, hand, uh, the regulation, rather, the operator's manual, machine limitations, and any specific um, nuances that come to the controls of a specific device or a specific machine can be addressed before uh, getting uh, to the hands-on portion in the field. After we conduct a lecture portion, then we move on to a hands-on portion where we'll do skill building exercises that are exceptionally basic. You know, it might start with stop and go techniques, learning literally how to accelerate smoothly, come to a complete stop. From there, we'll look at making a turn one direction or the other, and then we'll work on braking and then some combination of all of those in sequence. When we feel comfortable with the student's ability, then we like to see people out on the real world terrain. So we'll go out on a little trail ride and we'll have an instructor who's qualified to teach and lead the class, provide feedback and uh, offer coaching opportunities if somebody's too high on a line or they're too low here or they're too far on the brakes so or they're leaning the wrong direction on the machine, they can provide that feedback right away. So it's important to have a good feedback loop from a qualified instructor who can immediately provide 
feedback specific to the instances that these students are participating in. As far as OSHA regulation, it's kind of a gray area right now. Obviously, the general duty clause would apply in that um, all employers would be required to provide a work environment that's free of any recognized hazard. And uh, that would include things like PPE, you know, head and face protection specifically uh, are critical importance. And uh, training may be required by the manufacturer. So for a, a utility or a contractor to be certified or able to use that particular piece of equipment, they would have to provide some sort of training in a training specific environment that is independent of the work, uh, work to be conducted that day. No on the job training is what we like to say. Gotcha. Um, so sort of related to that, I know quite a few people use ATVs and UTVs off the job, you know, in a recreational way. So I'm curious, are there differences in how these machines should be used on a job site versus how people might use them recreationally? Absolutely. Yeah, we see that actually quite a lot. Uh, a good portion of our training it comes down to breaking the bad habits that folks develop when they're using these things uh, recreationally. A lot of times it's the wild, wild west when you're out with your buddies on a trail ride on a Saturday afternoon or a nice warm Sunday morning or whatever you happen to do. Uh, there's always the aggressive tendency, and especially in the industry, we see um, some of the, the one up with chip. You know, oh, you can do that hill, watch me do this one. Or you got going you know, this fast over here, I can do the same thing, watch this. Uh, along with that, we see people traveling in, uh, in excessive speeds. When it comes to driving in the, um, for work as opposed to recreationally, we like to say, you know, there should not be an, an exciting moment when you're out cruising around for work. It should be a very controlled, very mellow experience without any excess speed. Um, side hill train, uh, side hills and steep train also come into play. And, um, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, I guess, alcohol comes up too. Obviously alcohol is a no-go in the uh, work environment, but on the weekend when you're out with your buddies, you know, different things happen there. So a lot of it comes down to just breaking the bad habits and getting people back to a realization that, hey, what I'm doing right here is very specifically related to the task at hand. It's not intended to be like a cool blast down the trail with my buddies on a Saturday afternoon. Gotcha. Thank you for that. So there are a, a lot of different types of ATVs and UTVs available for purchase these days. With all those options available, do you have any advice or recommendations for companies when they're trying to you know, determine what they want to buy or what they want to use on their sites? Are there certain features or controls that are must-haves? Is there anything they should stay away from? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it all comes down to the work at hand and the job task that uh, the folks intend to use the machine for. Obviously, you want to tailor the machine very specific to the application at hand. We'd like to say a utility-oriented uh, machine, one that's in, with four-wheel drive and relatively low gearing and some cargo capacity and towing capacity is oftentimes the best choice. But um, as we've seen with Border Patrol and those guys, they have a case and they build uh, a case to use the highest performance, uh, the fastest machines they have on the market so that they can chase down folks if they need to. And um, it's a great application for them. What we find is that uh, oftentimes in the utility setting, a smaller machine with a little bit less travel and more capacity for towing or payload is more uh, beneficial. As far as some of the must-haves, when you're looking at a UTV, it must have a certified ROPS or rollover protection system in place, and it needs to be tagged as such as well. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, some of the bargain brands which are imported from order overseas, they might have what looks like a rollover protection system, but it won't actually be a certified ROPS system. So that's one important area to look for. Also, uh, seatbelts. Again, with the imported machines, they may or they may not have seatbelts for every occupant, but everything that's used in an industrial setting, uh, as far as a UTV is concerned, must have a seatbelt for every every passenger and certainly for the operator. 
Uh, again, like we talked about a little bit, appropriate cargo space is, is a good um, box to check. Make sure that if you're intending to carry a tank of water that the machine has physically the space to carry that water, but then also has uh, the capacity to carry the payload. If uh, a UTV has a windshield, you need to have a wiper. And then there's obviously options for wheels and tracks, just depending on the application and the weather to be the weather in which the machine will be used or the environment in which it's intended for. Uh, some of the items which are nice to have, depending on the environment, again, are an enclosed cab and even HVAC for hot or cold environments. You know, these machines can even be equipped with air conditioning for cruising down the swamps in uh, Louisiana. All right, thank you. Um, so to close out this episode of the podcast, do you have any final thoughts to share with our listeners based on your experience with ATV and UTV safety training? ATVs and UTVs are great tools. They're relatively inexpensive and they are surprisingly capable. Obviously, we like to encourage folks to seek proper training so they can perform their daily tasks safely and uh, understand the system limitations of the, of the vehicle they're operating. Um, you know, it's also important to remember to check your ego. Like we talked about, this is a very uh, slow and methodical device to be used for a specific task and it's not to blast down the trails with your friends. But, you know, on the weekends, they can be a great time. So have fun with them. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Ty. As a reminder to our listeners, Ty's article that he co-authored with Chuck Kevwich is now available in the June-July issue of Incident Prevention, which can be accessed online at incident-prevention.com. Until next time, stay safe and be well. The views, information, and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of utility business media and its employees. It is strongly recommended that you discuss any actions or policy changes with your company management prior to implementation.